Welcome back to the Diabetics Doing Things podcast, where we're telling the amazing, untold, wacky, weird, and inspiring stories of type 1 diabetics from across the world. I'm your host, Rob Howe, and I wanted to let you know that we now have over 500 years of living with T1D on the podcast, and we're on track to be over 1,000 by the end of the summer, which is pretty exciting. I also wanted to chat about my new email series, Friday T1D Feels, where I send you a personal note, no fancy graphics or anything like that, about what I've been thinking about in the world of type 1 diabetes during that week. If you're into that, just go to diabeticsdoingthings.com and sign up. I'd also like to take a minute to talk about hashtag coverage to control. JDRF is raising awareness around the fact that most of us don't get to pick the insulin pumps we have, just the ones our insurance will cover. Just imagine if your cell phone was like that. Except this isn't a phone, it's what keeps us alive. So let your voice be heard and tell your insurance company that T1Ds and their doctors should decide what kind of pumps they use, not the companies. I'm looking at you, Aetna, United Healthcare, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Let's get this right. Okay, enough chatter. Let's get back to the episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. Uh, we're telling the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics all around the world. Um, and I'm very excited for today's episode because uh, we're stretching out a little bit further across the world uh, to Vienna, Austria. Uh, my guest today is Anna Pinsuk. Anna, thanks so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, it's my pleasure. Um, I, I'm really excited for our interview today. Um, for those of you who um, are on Instagram, you might know Anna as uh, Anna Pay. Uh, and I think that's just, uh, as, I, as I was looking for it, it's just like your name spelled phonetically, right? Uh, O-N-N-E-P-E? Yes. Which I thought was really clever. I was wondering, I was always, uh, you know, as I was kind of working through this morning, preparing for the interview, I was like, oh, this is a really cool uh, kind of play on words. So, uh, so tipping my hat to you. Oh, thank you. It's very funny because the O um, is like um, also the symbol for type 1 diabetes from IDF. So it was so funny. <laughs> right. Uh, the, the actual like the blue O, the, the blue like, The blue ring, circle, right? yes. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Talking about type 1 diabetes and looking at your bio, obviously, uh, you were diagnosed in 2011. Um, yeah. So, you know, just a little bit around six years ago. Um, kind of talk about what that was like and, um, you know, how old you were and um, so some of the adjustments that you had to make. So I got diagnosed um, when I was 14 years old. And it was kind of funny. Um, I got diagnosed on my first day of school. Um, so after, um, the holidays, uh, I was, I didn't remember that I was feeling so bad, but when I think back, I noticed that I was drinking so much and I had to go to the toilet a lot, obviously all of the common symptoms. Um, and I also had really bad sight. (laughs) It was so bad. Um, so on the first day of school, my mom said that we had to go to the hospital and I wasn't worried and we went there and yeah, it, it all went so quickly and yeah, then I got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and they said that I was so lucky because my HB1C was already above 15% and my blood sugar was above. 1,300, so it was so high. 
Oh, wow. Um, I, I didn't know anything about type 1 diabetes. Um, and I wasn't scared. I, I thought that I, I, knew, I didn't know anything. It was so strange. My mom was crying. My dad was crying. And every, everyone was just so nervous. And I was sitting there. And yeah, <laughs> it was so, so weird. Very weird situation. And- I think that's interesting because, you know, most people don't have awareness about type 1 diabetes before they're diagnosed. Um, and that's sort of their introduction to, you know, this world that we that we live in now. But um, that's, that's funny that you were the only kind of calm one. Um, but I imagine that after you got like a little bit of insulin from the from the hospital that you felt a whole lot better. Yes, but it took uh, quite some time. Um, because my blood sugar was so high and I was in really bad shape and I had to take um, several medications to make me feel better, especially my eyes. Uh, For about a week, I didn't see anything besides shadows and colors um, because my eyes had to go back to normal. It was very frightening um but yeah i i coped with the situation pretty quickly because i thought that now i have type 1 diabetes what should i have to do to feel okay to be safe and i was pretty motivated from the beginning on also because um i had a girl and she had type 1 diabetes as well it's so funny because she went to high school with me and she told me a bit about type 1 diabetes. So that was pretty cool. So uh, you, you went from, you know, really not knowing anything about it to, you know, being diagnosed and then kind of having a friend who could play that that role for you that's not your parents and not your doctor but really knows what, you know, what to do. Yeah. But she wasn't in the same class as me. But so I didn't, I didn't really know that she had type 1 diabetes. And um, I just saw her pump and I didn't know what it was. So it was so funny that I got it as well. And also the same pump. Yeah. Oh, so, you guys, nice. so you guys had the same pump and then, you know, we're in the same class. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. So uh, because we talk a lot about diabetes education, um, on the podcast as well as in the community what is uh what's diabetes education when you get diagnosed like in vienna or in austria what's um anything specific stand out i think obviously that's only your only experience so you may not know anything different but um for example like in the uk and in germany there are very there are like specialized hospitals for diabetics there are um you know there's better access to healthcare than maybe in the united states or other countries as well so just trying to give our followers you know what it's like to be an austrian diabetic um so when i got diagnosed i was at the children's hospital and they had access to enough insulin and insulin pumps and all that stuff. Um, But when I got diagnosed, I at first had my insulin injections. So, yeah, 
Um, but when you get diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, you instantly um, get admitted to the hospital so that they can explain to you what type 1 diabetes is and what you have to do to take care of yourself. So you get some basic lessons and they show you videos about type 1 diabetes and when you're younger you get some very cute books about what your pancreas is doing and what you have to do now. Um, so it's so much information but there are, there are great doctors and there are not so great doctors so it depends on where you are going and which hospital you are visiting. Well, that's good. I think, I think you know, it sounds very similar to sort of how it is in the U.S. Um, although, you know, when I, I was diagnosed a little bit, two years later than you, I was 16 when I was diagnosed. But, um, yeah, I stayed in the hospital for four or five days, and it was basically people can't coming in every couple of hours and teaching me something new about, you know, carb counting or about... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sliding scale and giving injections. Um, and it's just so much information over that period of time. It's, uh, it can be yeah. sort of o- overwhelming. It's so much to learn and it's, yeah, really tough. So, um, you know, you mentioned that you had a friend in school that was, uh, that was type one, uh, that really helped you get through, um, you know, the, your, your early days and sort of become comfortable with being a type one diabetic. But, What's the community like over there? I know that um, I know that you're very involved on Instagram, um, but you know specifically in in Austria, you know what uh, what do you guys do? What's uh, you know are you guys involved in or- different organizations? Are there meetups? What um, what is the T1 community like over there? Um, we do have some organizations. Um, we have the ÖDG. It's the Austrian Diabetes Organization. Um, it's mostly for doctors, and they have a meetup every year in Salzburg. Um, it's like a congress where you meet and get to talk about different topics. Um, we also have um, diabetes meetups, which are called Stammtisch in Austria, where you basically meet at a restaurant um, with other type 1 diabetics and talk about your life and your experience yeah, it's really nice. You get to know so many type 1 diabetics. And sometimes there are also doctors. And they talk about food or how to improve um, your carb counting skills. Yeah, there's so much. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Well, that's great. And I think, um, you know, obviously we have very similar things here in the U.S., but... Um, you know, with the JDRF, especially with local organizations where we get together and either raise money to, you know, support research or, um, you know, get involved with like a run or, or just meet up. I know there's a group here in Dallas, um, that I've gotten involved with in the last year, um, called, uh, Yada. And so, uh, it's like young active adults with diabetes or, mm-hmm. or young active diabetic adults, I think is what it stands for. So, you know, we go out and we um, go to either like a happy hour or have a just a conversation night at one of the uh, offices and just hang out. Um, 
I want to talk a little bit. Um, I want to shift gears a, a little bit because there are two things about your like your Instagram that I really like. Uh, I really love your studio photography. Um, Thank you. It's really, really, really good. Um, and then also um, about your like meal planning and uh, and sort of like your nutritionist uh, side of things. So um, I guess one, uh, you know, talk a little bit about your your photography background and how, and how you kind of style those those photos for your Instagram and then also about uh, like your nutrition planning. So um, I'm vegan so I don't eat any dairy products or eggs. Um, I've been vegan for about two years now and I thought that I love to share what I eat because I'm very passionate about healthy food um because i think that fueling your body is very important especially if you're a type 1 diabetic and since i i've become vegan my blood sugar has improved a lot and i feel a lot better and yeah i just want to inspire people and show them um what you can eat what you can do with vegetables and i think it's it looks so fun, all the different vegetables and the colors, and yeah. Yeah, it's it like takes... it's very bright and like uh, fresh looking, and and like you said, there's a lot of different colors. And I think I, I have a lot of I interact with a lot of people and have a couple of close friends who are type one diabetics and also vegans. Um, what kind of misconceptions are out there? What do people you know people hear the word vegan and they think oh you can't eat any meat uh, or eggs or or fish and I think it has like a negative connotation sometimes. What uh, what what are those people missing out on? Um, one of the most things I get to hear very often when I when I tell people that I'm vegan is that they think that I don't talk with people who eat meat, which doesn't make any sense at all to me. <laughs> I mean, there are some pretty radical vegans, um, and when you tell them that you eat meat, they judge you and I don't do it. I think that you should eat the stuff that makes you feel good. And if it's meat, that's completely okay. And vegan food makes me feel the best. So that's okay too. And I also get to hear a lot that because I'm vegan, I must lack in protein. The fun thing is my when the, my last... A blood taste test came back that my protein results were much better than before. Wow! So uh, even the opposite happened when you uh, by switching yes. over to your vegan diet. Yeah, and many people also think that when you're vegan, you eat only plants and that you only eat boring stuff, which isn't true. And that's why I also post so many pictures about vegan food to show that vegan food isn't all about carrots and salad there are so many different versions of what you what you can cook yeah you know just scrolling through your your instagram i see like brownies and i see beautiful bowls of like fruit and like oats and just really good looking stuff like uh even little sandwiches as well. So, um, yeah, again, you take awesome photos and, um, you know, really style that food really, really awesome. So thank um, you. So, um, what made you as, as you know, you mentioned you've been like two years ago. Um, 
so you're four years into your type one diabetes journey. What made you decide to become a vegan? Mostly because of the animals, but also because every time when I had milk, um, I wouldn't feel so well. I had a lot of stomach cramps and I got sick a lot. So I went vegetarian at first and I started feeling a little bit better. And then I did some research about what you should eat when you're vegan and about protein sources. And I, I just tried it for about a month and I saw that my body improved and my mood and how I was feeling. So... I went completely vegan then. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I don't drink milk either because I'm very similar. I, I get sick if I, or I, mm -hmm. just, or I just feel gross. Um, yes. So that's um, that's really awesome. Uh, and thank you for sharing. I think it's um, something that a lot of people wonder about, you know, what should I eat? You know, and uh, to me, um, even though I'm not, I'm not vegan, I eat a pretty – um, strict diet of um, on what's called the whole thirty for most of my for most of my meals. So, mm -hmm. and I and I found that like giving yourself rules and boundaries uh, really helps you regulate the way you feel from your food. Um, yes, absolutely. So just because you have like a rule to filter things through, that whenever you're in a situation where you might be eating out or you might be with friends, uh, you still can say, "Well, I don't eat this, so I can uh, this. You know, this is what I want to eat, and I, and I know yeah. I know how I'm going to feel because of it." Yeah, exactly. Because I, I think sometimes like foods fall into like three different cat categories, right? Foods that make me feel good, foods that make me feel bad, and then like foods that just don't make me feel really anything at all. And I try to make yeah. sure to, to stick to and just avoid the foods that make me feel bad. Yeah. It's all about feeling good. Yeah, it is. So um, I guess I, I ask this question, I think, pretty regularly on the podcast. Um, in the spirit of feeling good, uh, what are you most excited about um, as, you, uh, as you go into the future with type 1 diabetes? Whether that's um, like whether that's technology or, or research or community, what do you what do you say? Well, my main focus is on the community, but also technology is so interesting, um, and it's constantly improving. It's crazy when I look back and read stories from people um, who are about seventy years old and had type one diabetes for nearly fifteen years, fifty years, and they tell me that. The insulin pump it was huge, or they didn't have any at all, and only being able to test your blood sugar once a day, which I I don't know how I could do it. It's, it's so crazy. It is, and, but, and like that's that was only like thirty to forty years ago, you know. Yeah. Uh, where we had someone on the podcast, and and her episode has not released yet, but um, where she used to have to boil her needles um, to clean them. And so, and you know, her, the insulin well, it wasn't very high quality. It like came from cows. So it was yeah. like very, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy to see how far we've come. And I think, you know, there's a lot of technology coming in the next year or so, um, you know, as it kind of comes out of human trials here and, you know, in the U S and across the world is that's going to be, you know, almost really close to 
what you would call like a temporary cure type thing where, you know, the technology manages so much of the guesswork for you. Yeah. And that's what makes me so grateful about being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes um, in 2011 because I had access to so many great technology. Um, So I didn't have to worry about having enough insulin or needles or a blood sugar meter because we had everything to treat it. Yeah, and and I couldn't agree more. Like I'm if if I had to be diagnosed with a disease at a certain time, uh type 1 diabetes in in this day and age is not so bad. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially when you're having an insulin pump or CGM, there are so many um different treatments that make living with type 1 diabetes so much easier now than it was before. And I'm really stoked about what's going to happen in the future and what the different companies will come up with. Yeah, there will come some pretty amazing things, I'm sure. It's definitely going to be cool. I'm excited. Um, Okay, so uh, you live in Vienna. Um, For our followers who have never been there and our listeners who have never been there, uh, what... uh, I don't know, what's your favorite thing about uh, about your home, about uh, about Austria? What's what's something that most people don't know? Um, Austria is very um, famous for its music, especially classic music, um, Mozart and all the different composers. So we have many concerts, amazing musicians here. Um, so if you're into music, Vienna is an amazing place. And we also have very cool museums, art museums, um, and we also have great food. Um, all the famous stuff like <laughs> um, Kaiserschmann or Sachertorte, um, but also so much vegan food, which is great. <laughs> so we uh, we also have. Um, the city is so nice. The universities are very cool, and the people are mostly very nice. And but sometimes they are pretty hard to understand. Some have such a tough dialect, so I so even I struggle to understand some Viennese people sometimes. Oh, that's that's interesting. Just because the the dialect varies so much in the city. Yes, it's really tough. Sometimes they talk so quickly, so I I struggle. I struggle a lot with some people when I'm talking to them. It's so funny, but it sounds it sounds very cool. No, that's great, and uh, and I think you know for those of us who have not you know been to that part of Europe, it's uh, it's it's obviously has like a rich history and very cool. Uh, but I also love that there's a lot of vegan food. Is that um, is that mostly because of the, is that due to the culture or some sort of other reason or just you know help people in Vienna are you know more concerned about health than maybe other places in the world? Um, I yeah. Did... There may not Sorry. be there may there may not be a good answer to that question. I was sort of just reaching, but just uh, you you never know. 
I think oh, because so many people went vegan in such a short time, we had such a boom in vegan restaurants. And I think because that they so many people see that it's like not only a trend, but also a lifestyle. So there are so many different shops. And yeah. And uh, what's your favorite uh, vegan treat? My favorite vegan oh, that's so hard, but <laughs> um, we have an amazing vegan ice cream shop in Vienna, and they have, like, the coolest different ice cream flavors, and they have, like, matcha ice cream, like, green tea ice cream, or cheesecake and all this stuff, um, so I think it must has to be ice cream. I had matcha ice cream once in, uh, in Japan. It was delicious. Yeah, it's really good. They also have um, healthy ice cream. Um, they use um, like a sugar substitute, so it doesn't affect your blood sugar um, as much and you won't have a spike afterwards, which makes it even more amazing. No, that's, that's fantastic, and thanks for sharing. And, and I think... Um... You know, I kind of want to shift gears back to sort of the type one community um, in Vienna and, uh, you know, how you're getting involved and some of the um, conversations that you have with people um, about type one uh, over there and as well as uh, across the world. Because I imagine um, that you talk to type one diabetics and vegans across the world, uh, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, the diabetes community is amazing. Also because I get to go to amazing diabetes congresses um, in different cities all over the world. I get to meet so many diabetics from Australia or Sweden, the US. So it's amazing. And that's what makes me um, kind of grateful. I, it's it sounds so silly, but type 1 diabetes has brought me so much joy, also sleepless nights. But mostly um, I got to meet so many amazing people and it turned my life mostly to the better. So it's like um, a surprise in disguise, if I can say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, and I think... Uh, you know, me specifically, I definitely identify with that uh, very closely because um, it's given me a lot of experiences that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, for somebody who is, you know, either struggling with their diabetes or is newly diagnosed, like, I think it does get better. Um, and, you know, when you choose to see, it's all about how you choose to see the response, right? So yeah, absolutely. Um, if you can look on the bright side of something, like there's this whole other world out there that you can interact with. Mm -hmm. um, do any of the interactions like with the community kind of stand out to you as um, something that um, was particularly meaningful? Um, so last week I had my first TV um presence in about type 1 diabetes I got to talk about type 1 diabetes in social media and within the first 30 minutes after it was released on television my phone it was 
beeping constantly as well as my insulin pump and I got so many messages from young girls who got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes saying that I helped them and inspired them to be proud of themselves and to not be ashamed of um, what they have to do and that they have to prick their finger and some messages were so sweet and they brought me to tears and it just gave me the feeling that uh, what I'm doing is right because I think empowerment is so important and that what I'm doing is right. So that was amazing. And also because I sometimes um, visit the children's hospital when I'm not at university and I visit the newly diagnosed kids and talk to their parents and then to the patients and seeing um, that... I talk to them and tell them that Taiwan diabetes isn't the end of the world and that you can live an amazing life with it. It just makes me so happy that you give them hope and the motivation to keep going. It's it's the most amazing feeling. It is. And, and such a reward, yeah. And um and yeah, I mean that's you know, because you're doing that, you're getting to, you know, reap those rewards and those good feelings and really help people. And I think um, that's what makes the type one community so powerful is that almost everyone is just trying to help another person. So, yeah, um, you know, that message is something that's really easy to get behind and spread. And um, I think what you said about, you know, um, inspiring, you know, young girls with type one, um, and, and seeing those messages sort of as immediate feedback from what you're doing, it's super validating. And uh, I'm you know really uh, glad of the work you're doing and I'm glad it's working for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's so, it's an amazing feeling to help all these people. And yeah, it's, it's so cool that you have the type 1 diabetes community. And whenever you need someone to talk to, you have so many people who motivate you and inspire you. And that's what I love about the community. Um, and sort of in that, in, that same, uh, in that same vein, if you were going to tell someone uh, who had just been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes or maybe that was struggling with uh, their diagnosis, if you could just tell them one thing, um, what would it be? Um to be proud of yourself and to never give up because um, as a type 1 diabetic, um, it's completely normal to be down. Um, I myself am pretty sad sometimes when my blood sugar is cr going crazy. So I think it's very important to be proud of yourself and the job that you're doing constantly and carb counting, giving yourself insulin injections. There, it's such a huge job, and that's something to be proud of. That no. you can do this every day. It is, and it is a big job, right? Um, yeah. You know, and it doesn't go away. And even when you're doing a good job for a long time, like it's some, it's easy. Like you said, it's it's easy to get down about having a bad day or a bad blood sugar. Um, but yeah. I think that's a great message. Yeah, you're doing a good job. Thank you. So, um, 
this sort of coming to the as we wrap up the interview. Um, if our listeners want to find you on social media, we've already plugged your your Instagram, so I'll include that in the show notes. Um, but where else can they find you online or um, get involved with uh, you know what you're doing in the in the community? I also have a blog. It's um, on that p.com it's also linked in my bio on instagram so if you want to be in contact with me you can also write me a message um yeah perfect well um anna thank you so much for coming on the podcast and uh and for coordinating sort of a wild time difference uh, between you and i um <laughs> and i'm really glad we got to do this and sit down and um you know, any any sort of parting thoughts before uh, before we go? Um, keep rocking. <laughs> oh, well, definitely, definitely. We're uh, I'll definitely do that, and thank you. Um, and I think for everybody else out there, just keep keep rocking as well. Keep rolling with uh, with everything that comes up. Yeah, and stay diabetes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Anna, and uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. It was a great, it was a great time to talk to you. Thank you so much. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to Diabetics Doing Things. Subscribe to our newsletter for weekly emails and behind-the-scenes content. And if you or someone you know has an amazing story to share, send an email to Rob at diabeticsdoingthings.com.